Go Loud presents Read the Room. But I always go back to, was it Sex and City? And uh, she goes, nobody wants to fuck grandma's pussy. Was it, remember she found her first grey hair, uh, Samantha? She goes like, I got that shit all off. She goes, nobody wants to fuck grandma's pussy. <laughs> I don't remember that line. line. Yeah, because there was, there was, um, what was it called? There was some hair dye for the uh, the nether regions. It was called something, not Sweaty Betty, that wouldn't be right. That, that, that's, that's like the um, the leisure wear. Yeah, there was there was some funny name for it anyway. But God, would you would you be arsed? No. Well, you have to do there as well. I'm oh sure. Jesus! Hi, I'm Maya Dunphy. Hello there, I'm Paddy Courtney, and you're listening to Read the Room. This is a podcast where we pull apart the people, the scenarios, the companies, and the stories of the week, where somebody, through either dumb luck or just being a douse, failed to do just that. Everything in moderation, including moderation. What do you think, Paddy? Should we be listening to the wise one, Oscar Wilde, when it comes to booze? Yeah, I think so. But he also said we're all in the gutter, which sometimes feels a little bit closer to the Irish relationship with Hooch. But he also did say some of us are looking at the stars. And some of us are looking at arses, though, aren't they? In the gutter. (laughs) (laughs) Gutters and moderation, Paddy, they rarely go hand in hand. Actually, no, do you know what they do? Because if you drink a lot of hooch, you're going to find yourself in that damn gutter. Anyway, listen, we're talking about the nanny state today. So whether or not we should be putting labels on booze or not, some people are up in arms about it, some people are not. So today, let's just booze and labels. Let's read the room. We could make a podcast a week ad infinitum about alcohol, about alcohol in general, general about the Irish relationship with alcohol. Oh, yeah. But specifically this week, um, it's about, it's raises head again, labelling on alcohol. This okay. is not a new thing, Patty. Mm-hmm. For the, it's, and it, when you think about it, and normally I come out slightly in defence of booze. Oh. Um, I made a documentary called Merlot and Me, God, nearly twelve, nearly ten years ago now. I think it was twenty twelve or twenty thirteen. Tell us about that. Um, well, it was just it was specifically about women's relationship with alcohol, and at that time we were making jokes about wine o'clock and and wine at the time was see wine's a, booze is a weird thing because years ago, um, and it used to be and it still is predominantly women who do the weekly shop for the family. That's just a fact. Um, but years ago you you'd go to the grocery store, the butchers, the bakers, the fruit shop, and then there was an off license and then. Then booze moved into the supermarkets, and it was and what we, what would happen was, and when I made this documentary, booze was peppered all around the supermarket, and you would see it at the end of, for example, the baby aisle. So there'd be nappies, baby food wipes. At the end, there'd be like a pyramid of Pinot Grigio sparkling <laughs> in the fluorescent downlighting, um, and then there was a move to. to push it back out and put it into a separate area. So now there's still an off-license area in the supermarket, but it's separate. So you don't see wine in the main aisles. And they have those swing doors now. It's like walking to a saloon. Or, or Star Trek. Do you see that? <laughs> and you walk in like, you're just Ooh. like, you know, yeah. Where are you it's shopping? Like the future? In, yeah, yes. <laughs> I'd be back. Oh, things are not good for you, my <laughs> I'm just back from there. You're in, you're in danger, girl. Um, but like, I, I didn't really, like, I didn't really, I thought they always sold booze in uh, supermarkets. As far as I back as I remember when when I used to rob from Martin Castle. <laughs> booze it, it booze dances around the place. It dances right, around okay. us and we dance around it. But there was a massive move and like Roisin Shortall, um yeah, who's now a social democrat, she was very involved in trying to move it back out of the aisles and into a separate area. Now, I don't know if these things make a difference, but for a lot of, especially for women, you know, and the, you know, we talk about equality, that's fine, but we are built differently and that's why there's a lower 
a recommendation of alcohol intake for women and women were just almost made like alcohol wine became a grocery commodity yeah. so they were trying to separate that so there's always but I was thinking about the labelling issue it's been talked about for a long time and the thing is Paddy it's actually not that big a deal alcohol is the only item of food or drink that isn't labelled oh. with nutrition information so you, I've seen people scanning milk and juice cartons looking for sugar content fat content carbs because we, we now most people now understand about nutrition they can read a label but yet wine and booze just doesn't seem to count the only thing you have on it is the alcohol content. Do you know what's that? Like it's just some, you, you look at kind of a, okay, this one is 12 and a half. I don't know, what's mine? Yeah, 12 and a like, half, 13 yeah, and a like, half. Oh, this is 14. Like it's this one, it's stronger. Yeah. Which kind of like, yeah, I never, I was never that like, again, I go back to the very early starty drinky times with me. Like, and I never ever paid attention to. had a big to, effect on your brain. Those early starty <laughs> drinky times. Everything good, okay, thank nice, <laughs> good man. Um, that we do, I personally, I think we do need it. And oh, yeah. I do. I think we do need science. So only recently there was a, a debate on radio with uh, uh, Professor Frank Murray and uh, Michael Healy Ray. Now again, oh, like, Michael like, Healy Ray. But like, look, look at the, look at the, the okay, who they are. Michael Healy Ray is a, a TD. What else? And he's he, what, a what else does he do, Paddy? Of a boozer. Okay, <sighs> Professor uh, Frank Murray is a professor of medicine at the Royal College of Surgeons in Ireland, and basically. He knows his shit. Are you implying so, that Mihal has a vested interest? Okay. Huh? And I, I think, to be fair to your man, he did call him out. Our, our prof- your man, <laughs> Professor Frank Murray, called him out on air, and he was just saying that, like, what harm with the labelling? We do need labels in, in this country. Like, think of all the various labels down through the years that we need. Like, we don't have. Smokes. You've had loads of labels. Oh yes, dickhead. We, we, we don't have scrounge. We don't have best pal ever. <laughs> we don't have label uh, uh, cigarette fancy packaging anymore. They've taken that away and it's the visibility and this is what you're talking about is, you know, the people shopping in supermarkets. If you don't see it, it's not in your brain and yeah, you don't get it. Yeah, but arguably, we should all be lobbying for this because it's the one thing that we're we're almost being lied to about and we don't really understand it and there's, there's so many, especially women, I hate to say it because, you know, women would probably drink more wine than men and like I said, we have these t- wine o'clock memes that I go around by four o'clock on a Friday and... There are women I know who won't eat sweets and chocolate or drink fruit juice. They all know it's too high in sugar. But they'll down a bottle of rosé on a Friday, which has more sugar in it than probably a whole bar of chocolate. Disclaimer, I'm not quite sure that's true, but I'm sure (laughs) some chocolates. But it's full of sugar. Now, I am not demonising alcohol, but I think in this country now, there's a massive shift towards teetotalism amongst people our age and amongst younger people. Younger people especially. Very into mindfulness and wellness. yeah. Yeah. But I... Now, they probably have a different addiction, to be fair. A, a, addiction to something else. We're Falafel. Later on. <laughs> to uh, Instagram filters or make oh, me God. look different. Yeah. Or So you, they might have gone overboard in another way. Like, you know, take steroids to look fancy or take, you know, uh, diet pills to look uh, ridiculous. And so they're avoiding this. I wouldn't put that poison into my body at all yeah. whilst doing other poisons. Yeah, as what well. I loved about Michael Healy Ray was when I heard him on, I was like, oh, I got the popcorn. I'd sit down. This is going to be good. He trotted out. I have a 108-year-old friend now and he, it's moderation, moderation. And actually, Michael Healy Ray was essentially arguing for labelling because if you have labelling and you know what's in it, then you can be moderate because you know what's in it. And, you know, we're kind of being lied to because it's, like I said, it's the only item in our supermarkets that isn't labelled. And they they do have a picture of a pregnant woman and a line through it, I think. Do they? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, they've had that for a while. Okay, but you can buy it for a pregnant woman though. Oh, you can, yeah. Okay. But just, it's better to drink, drink, through, drink through a wait, straw. They're waiting outside. You wouldn't go in there and get a bottle of hooch there, would you please? <laughs> I 
love booze. And I feel, I feel <laughs> like, do you know what? But since, but since, uh, <laughs> since that documentary, for a, uh, it only stopped in the last couple of years. I sort of became the unwitting poster girl for alcohol. And any time a radio station or daytime telly was doing a, a piece on alcohol, they'd ring, hello, Mike, will you come on and talk? About what? Wow. I've said what I want to say. And again, I hope everything I ever did was all about common sense. And what I, the, the points I made were things like, Sometimes we fool ourselves drinking at home because you have a bottle of wine and we now all drink out of glasses that are the size of fish Tremendous, tanks. Yeah. So you go one glass of wine, gluck, 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 oh. and it's like that's 700 mils in that glass. So I did a thing where I set up um, a little kiosk in a supermarket and I wore this kind of desperate housewives floral dress and I had wine and glasses, classic glasses that are quite big. And it was predominantly women. So they'd go, ah, testing. They'd come over and go, oh, I said, oh yeah, we've got a cheeky Pinot Grigio and a little Sauvignon here. And I wouldn't pour it. And they go, oh, can we have some? And normally instead of little thimble sized cups, I had a proper glasses like they'd have at home. And I said, pour it yourself, but pour me what you think a standard glass is. And they'd go, oh, all right, so what's going on here? So they'd pour it. And then I would take out a glass marked to the line. Um, and th- on average, they were pouring two units thinking it was one. So all it was, and again, I wasn't being in any way sanctimonious. They were going, God, that's really interesting because I would drink a glass of wine a night or two glasses and think, right, that's fine. But they're actually having four or five units a night times seven, which is too much booze. So that's the only point I was making. It wasn't finger wagging. It wasn't sanctimonious. It was just, let's all think a bit more. And like you say, it's just about giving people the information. But I do think that it is possible to have a healthy relationship with alcohol. Do you? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, do you know what? Again, it's the very thing. Got and a two litre bottle of cider no, on the I table. You, like, again, we've talked about it on this podcast as well. And this is, for the last five years, this is the, the year that I broke it. For the last five years prior to this, from January to June, I do not drink um, alcohol. And it just, it started off as a, yeah, a, not a, water. a simple like exercise. Prune by June. And until it was, it was post Why? Why did you post do that? Post Christmas and I just overindulged and I felt shit. And I, I, I've honestly found that the older I get, the more difficult it is to deal with hangovers and the fallout of that, like you've had a good, oh, good yeah. night on Saturday not really ready for the world till Tuesday or Wednesday yeah. and then you're kind of just coming back to yourself around Thursday you're thinking well Thursday's nearly like Friday isn't it like so let's let's have another one and you kick off again I'm like what am I doing and I just felt shit about myself and again Christmas is a totally different thing because every single like people are coming home from all around the world you're not seeing them and so a Tuesday is a Saturday if you know what I mean so you're yeah. just out all the time and I, I did it for the previous year and the year and the year the year the year before that and I just felt really really bad about myself because ultimately Alcohol is a poison. You're putting a poison into your, in your body, a poison that I enjoy so oh, often. I know nice I do enjoy it, and so, but it is. It's it's a foreign uh, body you're putting into your own body. So I just went. I'm going to give myself a break for like seriously. In the whole scheme of things, one month out of twelve, like surely that's a decent enough ratio. And by the time I got to the end of January, the very first January, I felt really, really good. The sleep was better. I was just had more energy, just a bit more crack about me, and I just went. I'll see. Can I kick on again for Debatable. the next for the next month to to, uh, to February? And there's only got twenty eight days in February. That's going to roll on. And I just went. This is okay. See, can I? And then from then, from February, I went. I'm going to do the full six months, and. It was quite difficult because you were invited to this different Did you go out? Did you avoid like going out? I did. No, I went out. This was like, I, I learned then as the years went on how to deal with this because I did go out and I was amongst people and it was like people that, like good friends and family who talk absolute shite. <laughs> but then I realised after year one or two or three, year two or three then, there's this witching hour. And I, this, this has been said of friends of mine who are actually in, who are alcoholics and in, in AA and in, in recovery. And they talk about this witching hour that 
that you get to a time of night when someone tells you that story for the fourth time. Yeah. I fucking heard about your shoelaces being tied together. It's hilarious the first time. It's not so much the fourth time. So like you get to there and you go, do you know what? I'm going home. Yeah. And you get out before a it goes a little bit crazy and that's okay because if those people want to stay out drinking and they and, and they don't suffer hangovers because I do know people who do not suffer hangovers they have no consequence to their drinking but do is that and true just, Paddy because they probably do feel low and shit and there are some consequences just not the same as you or I well, might feel there, there's quite a few of them that I'm just thinking like you know we're all kind of adults and we kind of admit to ourselves what you bastard sorry just I'm ratting you out, Dee. She just raised her hand. She doesn't suffer consequence of booze. That really? is outrageous. No hangover. Yeah, like once or twice a year, I get Jesus. like a really bad. And what do you drink? What's your poison? Mm, nice. Yeah. But like, I, I definitely think I'd drink less if there was at least something. Yeah. And there you go. There, yeah. And maybe that's yeah. the warning signs that the label's on. Like, you know, if you drink to excess. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. Up. There's, you know, there's a book called The Accidental Soberista that a friend of mine, Kate, Gun wrote, which is great, and she, a bit like you, gave, I think she was doing Dry January, and then it rolled on. And she's like, actually, I'm happier and fresher, and I feel better. And that's the thing: you don't have to be, um, you know, a card-carrying alcoholic to give up booze. And especially as you get older, or if you have kids or a job, and that being hungover is not compatible with, yeah. which is most jobs, hopefully. Um, you know, so if you're fine, that you're like, you're, yeah, absolutely, that you're bringing kids to school and you just feel sluggish, or you feel sad, like it affects your mood. It is a depressant. And if you're finding that, then, like I say, you don't have to be hiding gin in the cistern. And you go, okay, I feel better without booze. That's fine. But I, because I did, I, you know, the dry January, sober Octobers, and I always felt, and I am, I'm a devil for the common sense and the moderation. I'm quite sensible. I think you've been always good at this. Yeah. I mean, you've always had so this, I like, decided rather than do, you know, sort of walk around with a halo for January saying, and also I need alcohol in January. It's a fucking miserable right. month. But I decided after my son was born really I quit wine because wine just started to hate me and wine now gives me vomiting hangovers Why? like vomiting for 12 hours and I'm not a vomiter it, it's grim but is it the type of wine see now it's just like, it's, I want to, apparently, I wine, apparently I want it's to, sulfites yeah. and yeah. all wine has sulfites but the cheaper wines would have more sulfites okay. so yeah if re- like really good wine yeah. um, like the better wines or organic wines I could have one or two glasses but I couldn't I could never Let's get drunk on wine <laughs> I like your impressions of opening alcohol containers. Do the can again, do the can no, again. Can't oh, nice. But I decided what I'm going to do is keep, because does anyone keep an eye on their units? You only go into a doctor's and it's like, fill in this form, can name, just- date of birth, units of alcohol, but you go, oh, and no one writes, no one works out the truth. You always say, what would sound acceptable? Because it's 10 for a woman. I'll just I'll go with ten. Can I just tell read this? This is what I found out, and you probably did all this in your in in your uh, documentary. Um, a standard like I was drunk when it was on, so I didn't. I can't remember what it was on. A standard <laughs> drink is a measure of alcohol. Okay, mm-hmm. in Ireland, one standard drink contains ten grams of pure alcohol. Heavy episodic drinking is defined as the proportion of adult drinkers aged fifteen and older. Hang on, hang second. on. What yeah, the what, what the, the fuck? Are we like it is Ireland after all? Who have had at least sixty grams or more six plus standard drinks of pure alcohol on at least one occasion in the past 30 days. This is also referred to as binge drinking or excessive drinking. Now, again, I've, like, in my younger days, going to the pub, you would easily have six plus ten. That's probably on a Friday night and a Saturday night and maybe even the Thursday night as well. Like, so the binge drinking, I think, like... When people it, say binge drinking, it's a bit like mass murder in America. It has to be four people. Like, what happened? If we just killed two people, it doesn't count. <laughs> <laughs> but binge drinking. Let's laugh, let's laugh at dead people. <laughs> but it's, it's, it's true, though. But just, but, and then, like, it's one of these things that if we did not know that, 
now that I know that, I'm, I'm aware of that, I'm going to go, well, do you know what? I, I don't want to binge drink. And to be yeah. fair now, in later years, and even when I do go back in the, the hooch post-January um, uh, or post-January to June, like so in the summertime, you have a couple of beers at a barbecue. Now, a couple of beers, and I love, my favourite thing is wine with dinner. So this is, I, I will shout loudly for wine. And good wine. Again, yeah. you're right though, the sulphites, it depends on the type of wine. And if you're just kind of going through. Yeah, we know thing. about you and your so, friends bringing but, 50 bottles of wine to a hotel. But it's, it's, one of, it's one of those things that like, if you if you have good wine, you won't get um, get hung over because you're going to be uh, drinking it with a meal. However, the idea of binge drinking or doing that amount of, like, it gives me the shivers. When you're young, you can do anything. No, you can't really. You, you know, your body can can recover a lot quicker well, unless drinking, you're deep drinking and you have no consequences drinking to, to before I went out. Myself and my mate, we used to drink like a bottle of vodka between us before we went out. What? We were 19, 20. Yeah. How are you not dead? I know. And then I'd be up for work the next day at half seven opening a petrol station. <laughs> oh, my breath alone I'll could have brought the whole four court down. <laughs> it's just so. What, can you remember your first drink? Actually, uh, see, well, alcohol wasn't sort of because we kind of fetishize alcohol too, and because my mum wasn't Irish, like my mum was Spanish but raised in England, and so we always had wine in the house. We like Irish people didn't really have wine in the house no. in the eighties, but we did, and it was never kind of taboo. So at Christmas or. Baby different Shannon, holiday time. Snowball and there all was, these things. There was like, like do you want to taste the wine? I go, yeah. Didn't really like it very much. Or like a special occasion, you'd have like something sparkling, have a sip. Oh, and you feel so grown up. Um, so it wasn't like I was always trying to sneak off and drink cider in the church car park. But it would have been the international bar uh, when I was about 15 and looked about 12 and would have been Malibu and pineapple because that was the only <laughs> drink that I heard someone else order and it was absolutely fucking revolting. It I ended just have up, to say hello to a friend of mine. Hello Nick, Malibu and Coke. He actually blamed oh. it on his wife. He actually said like and he pointed at his wife said and kind of a Malibu and Coke and pointed at her as if to say it was for her. It was for him. We know about you Nick. A Malibu and Coke. <laughs> That's up there. That's what, that was huge in the That's 80s. That's up there like, like Tia Maria and LucasAid <laughs> which is <isn't> that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> if that was always my thing if some fella got you in a bar and was like hi can I get you a drink yeah team Maria and Lucasade and then watch his face fall as he tries to work out <laughs> Because we've never really been able to pin down like, the Irish relationship with alcohol. And it's not a particularly healthy one. And it, like, people think, oh, it's 800 years of oppression. It's because of our weather. Um, you know, we have a pub culture. It's social. But none of those are really yeah. specific it probably, reasons. probably, you know, a mishmash of them all. It's, yeah, it is. And I think we have been downtrodden. And then also, uh, we were never... Like we, we always punched above our, our weight, you know, but we were not the most confident people. That's, you know, do you know, I was going to take the words like, right. Vanity doesn't sit well huge. on our shoulders. We don't yeah. take compliments well. And th- there's that little bit, it should be called Irish courage, not Dutch courage. So that little bit of Dutch courage we all need to get up and do something or get up and big ourselves up. But I never got a reason that sat well with me. And actually... Just after my documentary, Des Bishop did a big three-part one on the Irish and alcohol. He tried to answer that question. And I love Des, but I I didn't like the attitude of the documentary because Des is teetotal. It's on his mission. He, he, gave, he gave a booze at 18, I think. And he went, do you remember Arthur's Day? Oh. Which was stopped. I, now, was, to be fair, I took part in it. Did you? What? I took part in Arthur's, as in my local pub. How are you giving these? Uh, they've been always very We all did. But, like, stu- no, but I stood out in front of the pub a couple of times and did a whole group photograph and it's still there wow. and like you know it's kind of like where's Wally where's, yeah. the fucking, where's, where's Paddy in the photograph yeah and if and people don't know Arthur's Day was was it four, five, six, six years ago maybe longer soon, yeah. god I don't know I've lost years because of Covid at 17.59 in the evening you've got a free pint in your pub 
Yeah. And it, that's 70, 59 it was one thing was in September. Opens. It was almost yeah, to make because we have yeah. Paddy's Day in March, and then we have Christmas, and we have bank holidays. It's yeah. probably, probably, do you know what? It probably was, yeah, because my doc was a new 10 years ago, and his was, yeah, so it's probably 10 years ago. They created a fake booze based almost bank holiday. Genius. Where, back then, you know, like so you get a free pint, and, ever, and anyway, Des went out in the streets of Dublin on Arthur's Day, oh, yeah. and there was just people vomiting in the gutter, and, you know. Now, I did hear A&E in hospitals went berserk over it. Yeah. As in they yeah. were chock a block and like the, the Irish health system as we know is in shit at the moment. But like on that night they were just said people went a little bit too stir Yeah, we crazy. don't need to be encouraged to drink more. That's the thing. To me, like I, I love great marketing campaigns I really do I, lo- I love a good eye for you know when you get, get something right and Arthur's Day was to me was genius it was brilliant after a couple of years it became almost like an unofficial bank holiday was it? we it were looking forward bizarre. to it yeah. and I remember that there was a build up in our local pub to it like so it's yeah. coming soon on this day you're going to be there and it was the same day every year if you know what I mean so it was like it was a Tuesday or you know turned yeah. to it it was the date I think it was and we loved it the whole crowd uh, everybody in the pub went up on a random day got a free pint some people went home and I think that was the problem Others decided to stay out and you're having your first drink at six o'clock in the evening and you still have a good few hours left to fill it with booze and I think that's what went wrong and I do feel sorry for the people in the health service in A&E yeah. mop up, mop, and the guards Yeah, and the it was a disaster people. but when Des made that documentary I, I don't think it was a fair snapshot of Irish life it was particularly extreme um, And to be fair to you it, like, it made more sense you making a documentary like that because you do drink alcohol so again, yeah. it's the finger wagging of somebody yeah. who doesn't drink alcohol anymore. For, and I did. Like, I, I actually got, I got drunk on camera. I sat with it. I was trying to find a doctor Ooh. who let me drink, <laughs> no sit way. in his clinic and drink. <laughs> and then he did. Have to watch this. He this did is... kind of cerebral tests and balance tests. And um, he was a very nice, charming man and quite attractive. And uh, I was sitting there drinking this lukewarm bottle of wine. And he was staring across, going, oh, "Jesus Christ, how long is this going to take?" So he did was he beforehand. More attractive as, as he did. Uh, this is a very nice man. Um, so I did balance tests, cognitive tests. Because, you know, you think, oh, I'm fine after half a bottle of wine. So I drank half a bottle of lukewarm plonk. And then he did the test again. And I was absolutely fluted. All right. Would you do it on an empty stomach? Um, Not totally empty, but almost empty, yeah. And again, I was trying to not be sanctimonious. It's just about information saying, if you think you're okay to get in a car or look after your kids or do anything that involves being cognitively aware that maybe you're not. Um, so that was what well, the message was. The label was. will come into it yeah, then. Exactly. To tell like, you know, one drink you're grand. Two drink. I think, it, I, I'm not sure now anymore that you're allowed to even have one drink get into no. a car. And I think this is the kind of problem where Michael Healy Ray was talking and, and him and the brother um, uh, have been talking about how it should be okay for certain people down the country to be able to drink. And it, it, it's, it's never okay because they want them to get into their cars then and drive home. Yeah, and I understand you, like the isolation, rural isolation is, is a huge you know, thing. But if then, you run a pub down the country and you want people to come to your pub, the label should be across your pub, I will drive you home. Yeah. If it's that important for you and you honestly believe, because this is the thing they, they trot out all the time, is, is the isolation. And these poor lonely farmers and people down the country who don't have anybody to talk to, have that somebody in the pub to go and talk, will drive them there and drive them home. Or make sure they get home if it's that important to you. And I just... I, you know, it's I, a great I, idea. Winds me up hi, that hi, they just hi, say hi this. Hire an extra barman whose job, whose job is to ferry... You know, these pubs are quite small. There's not that many patrons there. Um, or, or or start a, a thing where once a week Paddy doesn't drink or John doesn't drink and then you give them their soft drinks for free or whatever it might be I think, and I take think it Coca-Cola and, did that for a while there was a designated driver yeah do you know what though Christmas. and they got one free drink it should have been like free all evening oh. 
But I yeah. didn't know that. No, I think yeah, it was it was problematic. Okay. Just hey, but, hey but, Coca-Cola, can I'll, you keep I'll, them I'll say it again night? though. Michael Healy Ray was kind of contradicting himself because he was talking about moderation that's is fine. It's just about common sense and you don't want prohibition. He goes, well, that's all this guy was saying is but, we're giving people information. That's all we're doing. That was driving me mad that he was saying that the next thing is prohibition. It's not. And yeah. So, so what they're trying to do is they, to they, one. The government wants to ensure that no alcohol product can be sold without bearing a warning that says, one, drinking alcohol causes liver disease. And it does. So, like, these are factual things. There is a direct link between alcohol and fatal cancers. There is. That's a fact. Alcohol consumption during pregnancy carries risks for the fetus. And this will be illustrated by way of a symbol. And again, it's one of those things going, oh, do we need a symbol? But it works on on five packets. I'm not sure. I haven't... Smoked in twenty odd years, like so. I, I don't know. Oh, the fa- there was a packets. very funny thing on Twitter where somebody, you know, in the fag packets, there's like there's a rotten lung, there's somebody's face who's dying of horrible disease, there's arteries, there's a heart, there's someone who lost a foot, um, had a foot amputated. Anyway, someone <laughs> someone collected all the packets and put a person back together. So he said, "I built the smoking person." This is the most hideous image. I'll have to try and find it. That's a brilliant label it's to brilliant. show you why you should but that, not smoke. But, you know, and we talk about the units, like ten units of alcohol for a woman. I think. I think it's about 10 and 12 to 14 for a man. That's actually very little. And the fact is, 50, 60 years ago when women didn't really drink in pubs, you know, even at weddings. Again, they the, weren't allowed in pubs. Yeah. I met this brilliant woman and she, she had the receipt from her wedding in 1965 for the drinks for the toast. And it was, um, there was, I'd say there was 80 people there and it was like 40 pints of Guinness and 40 um, dressed oranges. And a dressed orange was a club orange with like a scoop of cream and a bit of orange on the top. Because none of the women, it was just assumed for the toast. The women get the dressed orange, no alcohol, and the men get the Guinness. Oh, but oh, as a result, for years a lot of doctors thought that liver disease only affected men before we really made the connection and now that women are drinking so much more women have now almost surpassed men with liver disease because we don't process it the same way and the truth is 10 units a week is very little you know, it's one point something drinks a day. So anyway, getting back to you in the six months off and the dry January and sober October, I made a decision a few years ago. Um, to get me back on the drink. To get you back on the drink. <laughs> Thank and, you. And to just, Woo! just Feeling to hot, break hot, you hot. down and destroy <laughs> your life and have you dancing in a pool of your own vomit every Friday night. Again. But I thought I am going to actually start, a bit like someone who, who, who who's following a particular diet with protein or fat or carbs. I am going to actually be mindful of my units. I don't know anyone else who does that. Okay. So if I'm going out with a friend on a Friday, I'll go, okay, I'll probably have three drinks. And in a pub, they are measured, so that's three units. So I try. Now, I'm not like religious about it or militant about it, but I do keep an eye on it. And even weeks where I'll have one or two drinks at home and go out one day, it always goes over 10. And that's with zero binge drinking and not drinking for a few days a week. But that's what I try and do now. I just try and keep an eye on my bit like people who go to the gym go okay I'm going to keep an eye out. and I've already had f- about five units this week so I'll be careful at the weekend and it Jesus, might sound really this on a Monday. it might sound really <laughs> <Morning>. boring <laughs> um, but I found that worked for me nice you know? but then again this is an age thing we're, we're older and we yeah. have that life experience to do it like so I think this is why we need the labels for younger people to understand yeah. and it's again for pregnant women like there used to be a thing about pregnant women smoking to have smaller babies have you ever heard that no. on purpose I'm smoking because I, I want to have a smaller baby. Like All this, the statistics about disease, about the fatal fetal abnormality, which is a condition that kids can get, they are all based on extremes. Yeah. And those yeah. conditions come about because women have alcohol problems and they can't stop when yeah. they're pregnant. When I was pregnant, I had a glass of champagne on Christmas Day, one New Year's Eve. I had a glass of beer at my friend's birthday. I probably had about, I could count them on 
two hands on a couple of toes. I probably had <laughs> 10 to 15 drinks over that? nine months. Because oh. people were saying, oh, you drink when you're pregnant. I go, no, I didn't. And because if you socialise around alcohol before you were pregnant, and people said to me, oh, you won't feel like a drink. I actually did. I was like, oh, I'd love to have a drink now. But I didn't drink spirits. I didn't drink wine. But I would have, like I said, I had a beer and a couple of champagne because it made me feel like I was joining in. And doctors will say, that is absolutely yeah. fine. They just don't want to encourage it. But the fatal fetal abnormality does not come from someone having two beers Wonder, over yeah. nine months. Well, I think the problem is then that, like, and the, the nature of alcohol, oh, that's why I love it, that you have the one or the Smile two, on your face. You know, two, no, the one or two, is, you're fine, or three yeah. is fine. But it's then, you but like, and it's different for different people. That fourth one or fifth one takes you into the, like, I am never going home. This yeah. is the best night. This could be the that's best dangerous. night ever. Hello, Sarah. This, like, it could be our, our greatest night ever. And this is what happens. Like, I And know. then you go lead to the next one, the and next parties one. parties and hen, like hen, I was on a hen night. I think I'm done with hen nights now at my age, but I've been one a few years ago. And then by about midnight, you have to try a shots comes around. And you know that's just, you know, a fast track. Do to you know a what? vomiting I, I, hangover. I, I, so I'd now just go, I won't do the shot. Ah, you will. You're like, no, I won't. Like, yeah. I just, I won't. And I that's... haven't done a shot probably in about, I'd say 11 years yeah. or so. And I just, I knew that that is, you know, it's crack and it's for one glorious moment of everybody, come on, shot, 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 shot. Yeah. And for the, and I probably taken them and fucked them over my shoulder. Yeah. And, like, and somebody behind goes, oh, I didn't want that shot, but thanks. Um, But I, I just know that they're going to, me yeah, there's a well-known TV say. presenter. Um, I won't say his name. And he was a devil for trying to get the people drunk and then sneak off. And he would bring out trays of shots. And you'd have one close to him, which was just water. And the rest were all Sambuca, tequila, whatever. And oh, so he'd have a thumb fair. on that one. And he'd come out that and go, come is, on, come on, come on. He'd wrong. knock that's it back. Oh, no, this, this like guy is a wrong one. So but, then uh, let, let's go through then the list of, so the, the whole idea is this, this the, the warning labels as yeah. to why we have these and that. And I just, I'm wondering, can you remember these? Okay, they, I went through that. It said uh, caution, wet floor, slippery wet floor. <laughs> uh, don't drive in the bus lane. Okay, and because there's consequences. And the, the, the war, these warning signs are out there because there's consequences. And this is why they're saying that they should have labels on the, the wine because there's consequences if you do drink too much. And there's also beware of guard dog. We've seen these baby on board, no <laughs> trespassing. Um, danger high voltage. They should have had that on the um, the batteries years ago. So do you remember licking the battery? <laughs> that, okay, and that you just tr- to get that. That was the, maybe when I knew I was going wrong. We talked about that a couple of weeks we ago. We did, yeah. When you, you off the, uh, the two batteries licking them together. That's and, just boys. But then, boys there, was, so then there was another friend of mine who had the, he was like, uh, Buster Blood Vessel from Bad Manners. Remember Buster Blood had a really long tongue. Do you remember that guy? Um, do you remember the band um, Bad Manners? I do. Anyway, I don't yeah. remember the Lorraine, long tongue. Lorraine, Lorraine, Lorraine. Electric Six. Thanks for the other band. So if he had a really long tongue, this friend of mine, and he tried to do it with a normal double uh, A battery. So he was there going, "You can do it differently." Do you know, you, you touch your tongue off the square battery, yeah. the two bits, and you get that little shock. And then this guy, his tongue lads, was so long lads, that he could actually lads. touch the double A battery, the bottom and the top together. Now, he's been through so many marriages ever since. Very good with the ladies. <laughs> so anyway, so the other signs are trying to think. The ads we had um, before. Remember the um, the warning signs of uh, where's granddad? Oh, I Do you remember? Like, the, so he was sitting beside the, 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 the river yeah, and he was on fishing. the deck chair. And then we turn around and look back again and the deck chair is on its side and where's granddad? <laughs> they were so sinister. And, the, and of course, the other one was... And a pair G- of legs sticking out of a pool. Oh my exactly. God, they were or, grim. Or, or Jimmy, when he threw his frisbee into the... Uh, the the hot, pylon. The, the pylon. Yeah. Jimmy! And you just see Jimmy <laughs> looking up and wondering, should I climb it? And he climbs it. Of then course he, he did and got like a proper shot. Yeah. Jimmy is That no was more. wonderful so then, so filmmaking, wasn't it? They were, they were good. Where's granddad was the best. Just the fishing rod swaying yes. in the breeze. <laughs> 
So there was all them. So I think, you know, we do need those signs. It, it did, like, it teaches you don't climb on pylons. Yeah. Just don't to be clear, granddad, granddad, granddad faked his own death and moved to <laughs> Colombia. <laughs> no, Panama on a canoe. <laughs> Good man, granddad. So, the, so, so labels do work. But here's the thing, Paddy. It's actually, it's all getting a bit o- going over the top. They're actually not even warning labels. They're information labels. Oh, yeah. You know, on a can of um, soft drink, you, you'll have, you know, excessive consumption, everything from can have laxative effect, can lead to health issues, blah, blah, blah. They're, it's actually information. So you're not putting a skull and crossbones on a bottle of Sauvignon Blanc. You're, you're turning it around like you do a carton of milk and it will say calories, sugar, fat... And then it will have excessive consumption can cause liver disease and then the pregnancy warning. So it's not, you know, okay, smoking is different because there is nothing positive about smoking. But alcohol in moderation is, you look so cool. (laughs) And the Marlboro man, didn't he die of lung cancer? Uh, There was loads of different, it's like the the guy from Simpsons, Laramie cigarettes. Someone told me the Milky Bar kid grew up to be the Marlboro man. It wasn't true, but I love that idea. I was always called... Milky Bar kids in school because glasses and had like little blonde hair and go Nestle's Milky Bar they can sponsor he made glasses cool didn't he no he absolutely did not like it's just like people used to always say give us a go your glasses Paddy and they go you're so blind remember all those myths that sprung up around all those kids in the ads apparently he was supposed to have anyone who looked remotely like him he was like oh that's him grown up and it would remember the rumour that Stan Laurel was Clint Eastwood's dad yeah that was really that was plausible. That was I really think plausible. I heard it somewhere and I then kind of perpetuated. I just continued yeah. on with it, lads. You know, it's true. Look, look at them. It's, yeah. It makes more sense. Like. But then the, the the other ones, the signs of them don't piss in a swim pool and like all those <gasps> Do you remember we were told it would turn purple dye. and the fear of this cloud yeah. of purple shame emanating from your crotch. <laughs> but it's, it worked. It stopped kids pissing in pools. But I took a huge dump. You <laughs> <laughs> said nothing away. about that. There was no sign that said. Did you it hear? Done. The Spanish have brought out some new law that they will give you a 750 euro on the spot fine if you pee in the sea. And like, how? Do, it's not like okay if you're a fan and you're standing there pissing into the waves, but I, I guess it's you know you see people and they're kind of waist height and they just kind of have a they they, have, they their eyes gloss over for a second and they stop moving, <laughs> and you know they're pissing in the sea. But then do they just come up and just hand you the fine? I mean, how, how are they going to enforce that? So how Again, do you get away I, with that? You, you I've just no, swim really fast away from yourself. I have no go, idea. But I mean, Don't come near here, it's really are warm. They, are there going to be pee police <laughs> patrolling the shore saying, hang on, he's got a glazed expression. She lo- Wait a second, are you peeing? And I, I think, again, it's more the fear of it. So they've brought the rule out to make people think about not peeing in the sea. Yeah, to be fair. And, oh my like, God, I was down, in... Down the road, there's a huge big shite pipe that's taking all the sewage <laughs> from all these huge apartment blocks around and going like that oh yeah fire it into in the sea like <laughs> um, so I, th- I think we should wrap up on our, our show the label so do you know what we'll talk about I don't know if it's actually going to come in um, or not but it's, it's been touted for a long time okay. by the European Commission as well going right back to I think almost 10 years ago um, and here's the thing I also couldn't find out why alcohol is treated differently? It, it, there was a thing about it came from prohibition in America, and between the jigs and the reels, you know the FDA in America who would look after all food and drink, but it alcohol doesn't. Alcohol comes under a different uh, tobacco and alcohol um, um, so, authority. So I think that filtered down to over here. So we have the EMA, which is like our FDA, and they would kind of approve medicines and food. But for some reason, alcohol, maybe because of the power of the alcohol industry, a bit like tobacco industry, maybe they just managed, well they did, they obviously managed to keep it out, yeah. but they've been arguing for a while. And again, it's not just about warnings, it's about, here's the information, do with it what you will. I think in Europe they spend £131 billion on alcohol a year. 
Wow. Well, actually, we always Ireland, think we're think near we're the top. I, I found the I found the, the most recent stats for the uh, top ten consumers of alcohol. Oh, go on, Come on, how, how are we so on? I know it's the, it's like the Eurovision. Come on. Uh, number one, those points. So Czech Republic is first. Oh yeah, but they did fourteen points, and they, they they it's like liters, average liters right. per capita per year. So Czech Republic is fourteen point two six. After that, Latvia, Moldova. Coming at number four, oh. Germany. Five, Lithuania. Six, Ireland. So we're sixth. 12 points. This is from 2019. Um, it wasn't on the census, was it? No. I presume they get these stats from alcohol sales because you yeah. couldn't ask people. If you ask people, Ireland would be like, oh, no, 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 Father, I don't drink Father O'Malley. <laughs> then Spain. I thought the Spanish drank more. Then eight, Uganda. Um, when did they get into Europe? <laughs> now, this is, this is oh, a global. All oh, yeah. right, okay. Um, <laughs> I know, yeah, well done us. Nine, Bulgaria, ten, Luxembourg. And that concludes the votes from the <laughs> Read the Room. Oh, jury, thank you. So, I don't know, we're not, we're, we're not that bad, but 12.7 litres a year, yeah. would you get through that? I'd get through that in a month. 12.6 litres. Yeah, not that see, much. physically, because I'm only a small chap, I can't drink, like, I, do, yeah. I, I prefer wine over, over other things but yeah. I do, like do you know what's a tricky one as an ad like you said you said loads of times in this podcast oh, at our age now you're a bit older than me again we have we have learned we've learned I mean I remember once it was snowing and I was walking back from the pub like in a miniskirt and t-shirt I thought if I lie face down in the snow I might sober quickly I would just literally lay face down in the snow and it did help for a little while until I got frostbite in my face <laughs> and then I died yeah. <laughs> yeah. that was great crack wasn't it but we'd made all those mistakes and now you know we're saying to your kids now you're seeing and make the same mistakes is there any way to warn them and say I did that didn't work for me you can't really can no. you gotta uh, let but them some make their own wear, mistakes like a badge of honour going like that wasn't it great crack the time that like I drank all that or you see people I bet some of your best beer. stories revolve around alcohol from I, your youth oh yeah yeah and, mine and, too and we've shared them here on this I podcast know. again and to be fair again the other thing I don't like is uh, we go back to it again that, like when people do give up shit and talk about it they, if we did not do this podcast People, you didn't know about what I did that. No. I don't share that information. Yeah. I didn't, only because we have this podcast, we talk about it. And so it's the people who get a bit sanctimonious about it. Yeah. Like, hey, guys. Oh, yeah. yeah. In, the, in the same way, the people who also let you know that they're, I'm logging off Twitter for a while. Oh, fuck off. You didn't yeah. have to fucking tell us. It's just to let you know, guys. And, you know, I haven't been here for a while. I go, I yeah Matt Lucas was so funny he tweeted a little while ago and said you know I'm finding it all very difficult I'm going to stay off Twitter for the next 15 seconds <laughs> Just, yeah he's brilliant but right. yeah if you want to give up alcohol fine but it's that thing of trying to sell it to everybody else saying no 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 you will feel so much better if you stop drinking you go well maybe and I would like to become the poster girl for moderate drinking do that yeah I'll, I'll drink to that yeah cheers <laughs> <laughs> goodbye Right, that's it for this week. Who needs a stiff drink after that? Woo! Uh, did you not have one before I got here? Well, I ran out of time, but this isn't the tea. Long Island iced tea, maybe. Hello. As Oscar Wilde once said, the addition of a third liqueur is the difference between classy and problematic. Or something along those lines. Third liquor, class act, that oh, fella. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he never did that, did he? He was a very classy guy. He was a very classy guy. Okay, anyway, folks, thanks for listening. That's it for this week. If you like what you've heard, please make sure to subscribe to the show and tell your friends to check us out too. If you fancy leaving us a review, a nice one that'll help get Read the Room right up the charts. I'd like to take you all right up the charts. <laughs> and don't forget, we love hearing from you. So if you want to get in touch, email us at readtheroom at goloudnow.com or find me on Twitter at Maya Dunphy. Hey, I'm at Paddy C. Courtney. We'll be back next week. Unless, of course, we're cancelled. And this week, Paddy the C stands for? Consumption. Mm. <laughs>
Read the Room is recorded, created and hosted by Paddy and Maya and produced by the team at Go Loud Studios. They'll be back next week, unless they're cancelled. I remember I was in Cuba visiting my best pal who lived over there at the time and he went to the beach and had a gorgeous day at the beach and there's no facilities, there's no loos, there's no changing areas, there's no nothing but the most beautiful beach. And uh, all the lads were, we were having like beers and they bought like a whole pig to roast on the beach. It was all very dramatic. And all the lads were going, I'm just going to the loo, just walk into the sea and walk back. And I was like, lads, and they were like, there's nowhere else to go here. And... I kind of joked him and said, oh, what if you're number two? And he goes, yeah, you see your man, you just go a bit further out. And he was out going, <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. And the big brown shark came. <laughs>